Welcome to The Vinyl Preacher. I'm Pastor Matt Kayla at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California. I'm Zach. <laughs> this is an abbreviated version. It's an abbreviated version. <laughs> hey, Zach, so this week, uh, since if y'all are really enjoying uh, all the agrarian metaphors that we've been getting from the Gospels, uh, this this week, August 6th, I'm going to be in uh, Lake Park, Iowa, Northwest Iowa, at Farmer's Appreciation Weekend. Only Farmer's Appreciation com. Weekend. I know. I, I just imagine the FarmersOnly.com is going to have like a booth there. Please. It's going to be really, really exciting. Uh, it's always a fun weekend. I like to go. We're going to go hang out with my grandparents, do a little family reunion out there in Iowa, and also watch a tractor parade. It's going to be great. Oh, also a fun fact I discovered, there is uh, – as part of the festivities, there's a beard contest. And Ooh. they give out like six different awards for like different categories of beard. Is it, or is one of them the Esau category? <laughs> I know. I feel like I should enter. I might. Mm-hmm. I might do it. My beard's a little short right now, but I don't know. Give it a shot. Give it a shot, just like Jacob. What are you up to August 6th? I'm camping. Camping, what? That's right. I'm going to be away at the. Uh third annual backpacking trip um going up to four pass loop near aspen uh so i'm gonna be up up uh 12,000 feet it's gonna be intense the maroon bells is where it will be so if anybody knows or cares if i don't come back that's where i'm that's where my body will be well uh, these texts will be a good one to go out on. What? I think I'd be pretty happy about that, right? Going very, out on uh, very much Jacob, so. Jacob mm-hmm. wrestling at night. Mm-hmm. Man, it is uh, time for the text sooner than usual. We're doing a we're doing an abbreviated pod for you today because we've already talked about this text this year. T fourteen, uh, right? Was that what it was? Gosh, it seems like just yesterday. When did we talk about it? We don't know. I said T fourteen. Time for text. Oh. I was abbreviating. I thought, I thought you said February fourteenth, but no. Uh, sometime we talked about it. We'll let you know when we post it, because I'm sure this came up in the lectionary. I just can't remember the date. Um. So yeah, we get Jacob. We get the end of the Jacob cycle. Remember two weeks ago he was on the run and he had this adventure at night, and now here again he's coming back. He's coming back on his way back toward reconciliation with his brother, although he doesn't know it's going to be reconciliation yet. He's coming back to this family that wanted to kill him. And uh, and here he has another encounter at night. Uh, you love this story, Zach. What, uh, love it. What do, you, what do you love about it? Here's the part that I love about it that does not get emphasized enough. Too often, like some people on this podcast, we jump to assuming that Jacob is wrestling with God. Perhaps, but the word God is not used. It is not clear, uh, which ties in with the thing that we've been getting over these past couple weeks. Uh, the dream, God's presence is revealed in this murky dream at the ladder. Is God at the top of the ladder, at the bottom of the ladder? Uh, answer, yes, question mark. Um, you get this holy experience with a, turns out to be not Rachel. Um, and here, there's a night visitor, and there's plenty of cases. There's a case to be made that, it, yes, indeed, it is God, but there's a case to be made that it's not God, um, that the God of the Old Testament is not often a God who uh, who wrestles to stalemates with humans. Uh, This is the God whose presence has not yet been seen and can't be seen and will only be seen by Moses and will only reveal uh, that God's backside to Moses. 
What kind of God? Certainly not the Yahweh that we've come to know in the first 32 chapters of Genesis uh, can be headlocked and, and be forced to do things that that God does not want to do or run from the light. That does not seem very Yahweh-ish. Yeah, there's something going on here with like, unlike last week's story where the name where God did not show up at all, uh, except for maybe underneath the surface, but wasn't named explicitly here. Um, this man says, uh, you've striven with God and with humans and you've prevailed. And then Jacob says, I've seen God face to face. Yeah, my life is preserved. It may be that he's not talking about that particular experience. Maybe like this statement about Jacob's uh, life overall, as we're getting more and more of it this summer. Um, is there anything like you've thought about this story a lot. Is there, do you have a, like, how do you look at it in the context of the stories about Jacob that we've been hearing this summer? Cause I think the last time we got in the lectionary, it was more related to the, the gospel that we were talking about that day, but here in context of the larger narrative of Genesis and here of Jacob, um, what is, what does it tell us? What's, uh, what angle do you have on the story in, in context? What do you think? I think I, I'm a, as you as you think about the wise words that you're the hot take you're about to share. <laughs> I'm going to interrupt you <laughs> and uh, just make a comparison with this story to the last one where it was Jacob's ladder and uh, you know this idea that like God shows up and it's um, so Brueggemann has this quote where he says that God's God's presence is cause for both dread and exaltation. Um, dread and exaltation that this is uh, this God um, even if this may not uh, be precisely uh, God in some sense showing up here that these these theophanies these mysterious encounters that happen at night um, that they're they're complex it's not just that God shows up and there's like a praise party um, God shows up and danger happens sometimes right that there's this holy mystery that has some sharp edges to it um, I think we want the certainty, right? I want to know that I'm wrestling with God, that this is holy and sacred wrestling. I think I want to know if this is the thing that God wants me to do. Um, and I want clear answers on that. The reality of life is that we don't get clear answers on that. Um, yeah. We don't know that the decisions we're making are the decisions God wants us to make. We don't know that we're wrestling with God. And yeah. yet, I think the power of the story is that in the midst of that uncertainty, that uncertainty does not mean we are not uh, seeing God face to face. But in fact, in our wrestling, regardless yeah. of who we're wrestling with, regardless of whether we win or lose, when we uh, walk away limping, we have seen the face of God, that God is with us in the midst of that uncertainty. And it says it in such powerful, profound ways. I guess this time through, I'm really seeing this as like a, almost a... Um, like an impressionistic painting, a snapshot of Jacob's whole life that he, he's, he's wrestling with his, he's wrestling with God, but he's also wrestling with his fate. He's wrestling with his destiny. He's wrestling with, um, he's trying to be in control, right? It would be one thing if this was a story where Jacob clearly beat this stranger and then triumphs at the end and he holds up his hand and says, you win. Uh, but really at the end of the story, like he does get some kind of victory, but he also walks away limping 
And I think that that's also true of Jacob's overall narrative, right? That he like, he tries to be in control. He tries to get this victory. He tries to, um, he tries to trick his way through things. And sometimes that works. It works to an extent, uh, but through the story, like he also walks away with the marks, uh, these marks of pain, these marks, he, he walks away limping, right? He learns something. He learns the limits uh, of what he's up against. Jacob walks away from his whole, his whole story, right? Limping, not just tonight's encounter. A small detail that I love in this story that I think invites us deeper into it is the night visitor shows up. And so think of the night visitor however you'd like. Think of it as God. Think of it as a night visitor. And they begin wrestling. That's the beginning of the story. (laughs) Yeah. Right? They just start wrestling. And that's amazing to me. Just... If it's, we would expect perhaps the story to be if it's with a, some sort of particularly holy visitor for them to impart some message. Uh, God's spoken clearly to Jacob in dreams before. Uh, why doesn't God just tell Jacob what he's supposed to learn? Uh, but we don't get any of that pretext. Uh, if it's a stranger, what are they fighting over? We don't, we don't yeah. know. They just begin wrestling. And a part of what I like about this story and what I like about Jacob in general is that this wrestling is, is holy. It's not condemned. It's not... I think there's encouragement in this to do the wrestling, to, to engage with the night visitor, with the things we do not know fully and, and holy. And that's, I think, the particularly hopeful piece, right? Not just that this night uh, will pass, that God is with us in this night, but that God will be with us as we engage and wrestle with all the uncertainty. I also think, like, you talked about how it starts, and uh, and that's just that line, Jacob was left alone, uh, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. I, I mean, it's so it's so fascinating, like, and the parallels with that Jacob's ladder start where he's again alone and has nothing. Um, here, uh, it's kind of dubious reasons, right? He's sending, like, his whole family first, <laughs> so that if they're slaughtered, like, you guys go first. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. that's kind of dubious, but... What it does lead to, I mean, first of all, it shows you that he's uh, on this journey. He doesn't have nothing. He has two wives, two maids, 11 children. um, And like he's taken a lot of stuff with him, right? He's done good. He's done well for himself. Um, And yet he sends them all across the stream for dubious reasons. But narratively, it leaves him with nothing again. And he's left alone with nothing. He sent everything across the river. Um, And it's there when he's alone again that the man shows up and wrestles with him. Uncertainty awaits Jacob. Esau has promised to kill him on sight. Yeah. And as a, a theme throughout Jacob's life is that, that somehow when he engages in the uncertainty, the life of God comes. Spoilers, Esau is going to welcome him on the other side of the river. Yeah. And forgive him. Brueggemann's commentary makes it really strong. He wants to talk about it as um, two encounters and really tie strongly together this encounter of Jacob with this man at night and the encounter with Esau and somehow tie them together really, really mm-hmm. closely. I don't quite know how to do that yet, um, but it might be an angle if you wanted to take an angle on this story to also read ahead to his encounter with Esau and maybe think about what reconciliation looks like, that maybe there's some struggle that needs to come before reconciliation. Um, Ralph Klein has an interesting angle on it uh, where he really pushes, Ralph is not a fan of uh, assuming that the that the night visitor is God. And he introduces an essay where he introduces the idea that it could be some sort of like river demon kind of thing. Um, and that perhaps engaging the ambiguity of the night visitor might be a way to be in a better and more multicultural church of engaging forms in life. So the church, he talks about Pentecostals uh, that are uncomfortable to us uh, as uh, the possibility and the promise that they could be life-giving. 
Good stuff. Great story. One of our favorites. Go back to October, the Sunday closest to October 19th, and you can hear an extended. Uh, Gosh, is that what it was? Gosh, that's craziness. Craziness. Yep. Well, uh, we probably made a playlist on that Sunday, but what are you listening to this time around? Boom. Let's see here, man. I'm going to listen to uh, Astral Plane by Valerie uh, Valerie June dancing on the astral plane I think the dancing the re- dancing and wrestling aren't that far away uh, so I'm listening to that lovely little number also Kevin Morby do you know Kevin Morby he's got a song called Beautiful Strangers we're talking about the night visitor the stranger with which we wrestle and Matt I'm pretty sure I've put it on a number of playlists but one of my favorite songs of all time uh, is Born on a Train uh, by the Magnetic Fields and I love the line some nights when the neon gas gets free it turns into the walking dead like me I just like that vision of, of the neon gas getting free at night and the, the lines being blurred love it I think that's what's happening here tonight with Jacob fantastic yeah that would be on your like essential if we had like five songs to define our <laughs> five songs on our essential playlist I think that'd be on yours oh my gosh um, well I gotta throw out uh, so uh, you, you know if you're gonna bookend this with with, uh, with the latter story gotta do In the Air tonight again with Phil Collins but and also you gotta do Genesis tonight 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 we're gonna make it right Tonight, tonight, tonight. Got to get another night song. I like that. And then finally, uh, since uh, Jacob is finally on his way home, uh, two weeks ago, God promised him that I'm going to take you home again eventually. You're not going to get there yet, but I'm going to take you home again eventually. I'm going to be with you when you do. And here Jacob is finally on his way home when he crosses that river. Uh, he's going to be back home. And so Phil Collins, take, take me home. Take me home. Take me home tonight. Different song. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you come to the Vinyl Preacher. That's why you do. Well, it's been real. It's been real. We did not even use the word ship once this week, which is (laughs) a big disappointment, but we'll try to do better next week. (laughs) <laughs> but we won't. we won't do any better. Well, we're going to get Joseph in a pit, so we might have some opportunities. All right. We'll have some more Game of Thrones illusions for sure. Only two weeks left of the summer of Genesis. What? No. The Joseph uh, cycle is coming. Get ready, listeners. Get ready. We're entering the exodus from Genesis. You're not going to say it's been vinyl? It's been vinyl. I thought we already did that. Oh, did we do that? I don't oh, know. Are we closing up now? <laughs> good luck, preachers. It's been vinyl. <laughs> good luck. Do you got anything else? You got good news? Is there good news? Should we say good news? Do we say good news? I have, I have one minute. Full story, just good news. Full story, just read the story, you jerks. Good. Quit preaching. That's my only complaint. Nick, keep this in the pod. My complaint with with semi-continuousness, right, is that traditionally, right, as a preacher, you end up having to read the gospel while some layperson butchers uh, Genesis. And you, I really just want to read the Genesis stories because I know them well, and I, that's what I'm going to preach about, and I can tell it in a way people can hear it. And you got somebody, like, mispronouncing Esau over and over and over again. And it ruins your setup, right? Just break the rules, man. Just do it. You can read it. Have somebody else read the other one. Episcopal churches, man. (laughs) 
we actually we've been doing something really cool we made um these little well we probably posted something on youtube these little chalk videos and then we have somebody read and it's nice because we use this fancy mic and then i can make sure they do the pronunciations right that is good but also gives people a, a visual so it's pretty fun that is, good. Out. That is good man all right man all it's right been, uh, it's been fun it's been vinyl